Welcome again to another session of Explore the Bible series. This is Larry Bertrand. We begin a new study now in the book of 1 Kings, and after we do several sessions in 1 Kings, we'll move into 2 Kings. Keep in mind that 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and the Chronicles, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, have a lot of parallel passages and from time to time, we might make reference to that. As we look at this lesson, we'll understand that God offers wisdom to those who ask Him. Our passage for today is 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 4 to 15. The key verse is 1 Kings 3, 9. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So as we look at this first Kings passage, we're going to see that Solomon has a dream and a conversation with God. We're going to understand, get a better understanding of God's offer to Solomon and Solomon's response to God. We will reflect on Solomon's understanding of his need for God's wisdom. We will see that Solomon, as a young man, uh, had all the world's resources at his disposal, yet he still looked to God for wisdom. So God gave young King Solomon an opportunity to make a decision that would affect the course of his life. If God promised you that he would fulfill uh, one request, what would that one request be for you? <laughs> That's an interesting thought to consider. As we look at the broader context, 1 Kings chapter 1 all the way to 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 34, and again, the parallel passage, 2 Chronicles 1, uh, 1 through 17. As we look at this passage, uh, as King David neared the time of his death, we see that in 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, Adonijah, uh, David's oldest son, sought to become Israel's next king. That makes sense. He's the oldest son. He would be the next king. Nathan, the prophet, discovered Adonijah's plan and <clears throat> consulted with Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Bathsheba and Nathan went before David, who confirmed Solomon was to be his choice to become the next king. David summoned his key officials and commanded them uh, to organize a coronation for Solomon at, uh, at once. The officials carried out David's orders and all Jerusalem rejoiced at Solomon's accession to the throne. David instructed Solomon several things. Number one, follow the Lord all your days. Number two, also guard yourself against the enemies of God. David then passed away and Solomon took control of the kingdom. We see that in uh, chapter 2, verses 10 and 10 through 12. And he followed his father's advice 
and dealt with his and David's enemies. Solomon was a powerful king, and the kingdom of Egypt made an alliance with him. Solomon then took a delegation to Gibeon, the side of the tabernacle, to, he did that to offer sacrifices to God. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and invited Solomon to ask for whatever he wanted. Solomon's response responded humbly. He asked for a wise and discerning heart and the ability to judge well. The king's response pleased God. So after the king powerfully displayed his wisdom by rendering a judgment between two women who claim the same boy, it was obvious God had blessed him. Many officials served King Solomon. He, he divided the land into 12 districts. The districts supplied the expenses for the king's household uh, one month out of each year. And David had conquered the entire region from Egypt to Syria. Solomon took advantage of his position and brought prosperity to his kingdom. Solomon's wisdom exceeded the wise men of his day. The king composed 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs and also uh, commented on and wrote about many topics related to animals and agriculture. So today we, we begin the study in First and Second Kings. We see that in a dream, God asked Solomon an intriguing question. What should I give you? We're going to examine how Solomon, a man with great wealth and power, responded to God's question. So as an overview, uh, let me explain that First and Second Kings describe Solomon's rise to power. We'll note that David's deathbed instructions to Solomon <clears throat> stressed continued obedience to God. And I want to point out that this call to obedience is an important theme throughout First and Second Kings. So we learn in 1 Kings 3.3 that Solomon loved the Lord by walking in the statues of his father David, but he also sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. And that's a reference to other idols that oppose God. This verse hints at the divided loyalty. Solomon would struggle with this throughout his reign. So let's look at the first section. We see the offer that God makes to Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. You'll listen for the question posed to Solomon in his dream. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God asked, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Gibeon 
the town played an important role in Israel's as Israel's worship center. And notice that Solomon's wish, uh, Solomon's lavish worship of 1,000 sacrifices of God was immediately followed by this dream that he has in which God asked, what should I give you? Solomon's response would reveal his heart. It would reveal his intention and his desire for his kingdom uh, and his kingship. So looking at one of the commentaries, the Bible Knowledge Commentary, it, it stresses that the, the most important, in verse 4 and 5, the most important or <clears throat> uh, popular or largest high place was at Gibeon, about five miles north of Jerusalem in the territory of Benjamin. There Solomon made great sacrifice to the Lord. Evidently, the the very night the Lord that very night the Lord revealed Himself to the king in a dream. Such revelations were not uncommon in ancient Israel. We we see that in other places. God invited Solomon to ask for whatever. I've underlined that word in my notes. Ask for whatever he wanted. Uh, there seems to be a a, a cause and effect relationship between Solomon's uh, loving generosity in making his offerings to the Lord and God's loving generosity in making him this offer. So how does our worship help prepare us to hear from God? Uh, What do our prayers, prayer requests reveal about our heart and about our relationship with God. We'll see that worship was Solomon's first step towards God and first step towards receiving blessing from God. In the second section, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 6 through 9, we'll listen for Solomon's response uh, to the question God gives him. Verse 6, Solomon answered, You have shown me, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. So verse 7, now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. Who is able to govern this great people of yours? I love what Tyndale uh, Bible Commentary does here. It, it lists for us in this prayer that Solomon makes in verses 69. It lists for us four elements 
of that prayer. Number one, it acknowledges God's past action. God has been kind. He, he refers to that. The NIV is really too weak a, a rendering of that word steadfast love or, or loving kindness. So faithfulness, righteousness, uprightness are the required responses to God's covenant in which he pledges himself to a similar relationship. The second thing we see, second element is it, it asks for the continuance of God's favor. The language is that of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 7, 6 and, and verse 9. Uh, the response is shown by divinely given wisdom and discernment, wanting godly wisdom reminiscent of the messianic passages of Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2 where which were fulfilled in Christ himself the third element of his prayer is it expresses humility he says i am only a little child it shows uh, the, and he, it shows and it confesses his lack of experience. So he, how, to, how to go and come uh, it means to possess leadership. It, it shows that he wants to know how he can manage his business well. In Psalm 121 verse 8 says, The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. And this is what Solomon is expressing. He wanted to carry out his duties uh, according to the will of the Lord. And the fourth element, it, it asks for the ability to carry out his duties. Uh, the people were, quote, a heavy people. In other words, an onerous responsibility was given him. Uh, they were now Numerous, too numerous to count as Abraham had been promised that his people would grow to a, a large, large number of people. In verse 9, the attitude of heart, our mind which listens to and obeys God, is the foundation of our true worship. This results in a heart with a skill to listen. Solomon wanted that skill. It talks about a, a hearing heart. The, the New English Bible translation refers to it as a hearing heart. The NIV, a discerning heart. It distinguishes a heart that can distinguish between right and wrong and to decide and govern well. To, the authorized version is the word to judge. So the heart includes mind and will and is not the seat of emotions. For in Hebrew thought, uh, compassion emanates from the bowels. <laughs> That's how that refers to the heart. So let me call attention to verse 7 and 8, where Solomon described his youth. Note that he was likely, we're guessing, uh, imagining just putting all the information together. He was probably in his early 20s when he took rule. Not 
certainly not the youngest king ever to come into power, but he was, he was a young king. Ah, as we note that Solomon's focus was not on himself, but on the Lord, Solomon knew the Lord had given him a God-sized task. And that success would come only because of God's ability and strength, not because of his own. So how, how does remembering God's past faithfulness help us to trust him uh, when we face challenges? It helps a lot in our situation. So despite his power and position, Solomon saw the need for God's wisdom in his life. So we look at the last section, verses 10 through 15. Uh, God, we're looking for God's response. It ex his, his response exceeds anything Solomon could have imagined. So, so Solomon asked for wisdom. Here's what God says. So the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for uh, the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administrating justice, I will do what you have asked I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be, uh, there never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, God says, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke from his dream and he realized that he had been, it had been a dream and he returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. There he gave a feast for all his court. Note that God was pleased because of the things that Solomon did not require or request. Uh, so as we look at one more commentary, the Bible Knowledge Commentary on verses 10 through 14, Solomon placed the good of, of God's people above his personal peace or prosperity and above any desire to become a powerful and popular king. His value, values were in the right place uh, for God's, from God's perspective. Therefore, God promised to give him what he had requested he possessed a wise heart and the ability to discern and <clears throat> render fair judgments. Since Solomon sought what was most important, God also promised to give him what was secondary in importance, riches and honor. Solomon was able to, uh, 
to be the richest and most honored king of his day. If Solomon remained faithful uh, in the pursuit of God's will, obeying the law of Moses, God promised he would also give him long life. So in verse 15, as is often the case, a blessing from God drew a, a personal blessing and a closer relationship with him. Inspired by the revelation, Solomon turned from the high place and proceeded to, uh, to the divine, divinely appointed place of worship, the tabernacle. He did not <clears throat> enter the most holy place, the holy of holies. Only the high priest could do that once a year. But the king stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant outside the tabernacle facing towards the ark. Burnt offerings in that day expressed the complete dedication of oneself to God and fellowship of and fellowship offerings symbolized the fellowship people can enjoy with God and with others through God's grace. Solomon's feast expressed his joy and gratitude to the members of his court. Let me emphasize that God was the source of all good things that would come to Solomon's life. Wisdom, understanding, wealth, honor, length of days. God was the one that gave all of those. Does God always give us what we ask? No. <laughs> if you and I have lived long enough, we know that that is not true. God answered Solomon's prayer in ways that uh, aligned with his purpose and his heart, God's heart. Solomon responded by turning to God again and worship and praise. So what are the applications? Worship is the first step toward God and his blessings. Life challenges point to our need for God's wisdom. And then the third application is God answers prayers in ways that align with his purpose and heart. As we conclude our lesson today, I acknowledge that we need God's wisdom. Thank him for the abundant wisdom he provides for us just for the asking. So beautiful hymn of faith, Be Thou My Vision, uh, the first verse says, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me saved that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the way you responded to Solomon who sought wisdom. Lord, we know our need for wisdom today. Our world needs a fresh word from you. And so provide for us discernment and wisdom as we go about our day. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>